The Investment Podcast, brought to you by M&G. This podcast is for investment professionals only. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Investment Podcast, brought to you by M&G Investments. My name is Harry Bullimore, and today I'm in the studio with Miles Tim, Senior Government Bond Portfolio Manager. Great to have you with us, Miles. Hello, Harry, and great to join everyone. Now, it's been just over a year since the gilt market turmoil of September 2022. The fallout from the crisis prompted an emergency intervention by the Bank of England on financial stability grounds to restore orderly market conditions, according to the IMF. We'll come back to what may still linger around in a second, but Miles, first, could you paint us a picture of what's gone on in the last 18 months and how the macroeconomic backdrop for fixed income has shifted significantly? Okay, we'll begin the story probably in early 2022, when you already had inflation starting to get out of control, accelerating more than central banks were comfortable with. Uh, That was then greatly exacerbated by the outbreak of war in the Ukraine, which created a lot of scarcity and a lot of key commodities for the world. So the the initial part of the story was inflation spiking very, very high. Uh, That was then followed by significant pricing of um, higher interest rates by central banks across the the world, not just the UK, the US, Europe as well. Um, So that was the sort of first phase of the move, if you like. Since then, inflation has not fully come back under control, but certainly looks like it's turned a corner. But we've perhaps in more recent weeks had concerns about the sheer amount of government bond supply coming our way. And that's become the latest sort of fear to stalk financial markets, really. And you've seen, although the the pricing of short rate expectations has not gone any higher and, and indeed actually come down over the last few months. You've actually had yields on longer dated bonds across the world, not just the UK, um, rising quite significantly over the last three or four months. And that, that's become the sort of dominant theme, I guess, within fixed income markets globally. And, and that's kind of where we sit at the moment on this. Absolutely. So quite a, quite a significant shift that we've seen there. I mean, after the Trust Quarteng government announced £45 billion in unfunded tax cuts, there was a substantial sell-off in gilts as UK pension schemes sought to meet collateral calls for their LDI mandates. Now, have gilts recovered from this episode? And to bring it back to the introduction, where are we today and are the factors that contributed to the crisis still there? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, I think really is the answer. Gilts have recovered to the extent that they're not so much the global outlier anymore. I mean, if you if you look at what was happening during that LDI crisis that you describe, you had the yield of long-dated gilts spiking dramatically versus US. So, you, you know, the borrowing cost that the UK was having to, to pay to issue bonds went a lot, lot higher than it did, for example, in, in, uh, compared to the US. Uh, that was what you were seeing during the LDI crisis. Now, that has now passed. You're no longer seeing gilts specifically cheap relative to other markets. And that forced selling from from pension funds has has definitely not been seen more recently. So so there's no UK LDI-specific crisis going on anymore. But the costs that are associated with those much higher government bond deals are are very definitely something that that the government is, is, is grappling with, not just in the UK, but nevertheless, it's still an issue for the UK that if they're having to issue gilts with much higher interest rates, which they are, and in fact, even higher now than during the the height of that LDI crisis. That's very much a real problem that the UK is dealing with. It's just that it's perhaps not a UK-specific problem anymore. It's it's a global issue, but it is a higher cost of funding that that we have to face. I think the second part of this is that panic has passed for the moment in terms of a UK-specific nature, but I think the UK is very much on watch from global investors, if you like, as in yeah, there was a brief foray into unfunded fiscal policies, which caused a bit of a scare. That was then immediately corrected by the new administration. And investors are happy with that. But I think 
yeah, the UK remains on watch, I guess, from the international community in, in terms of we need to continue to implement what's seen as a fiscally responsive framework. Otherwise, investors would probably take fright. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, obviously, the summary there being that generally interest rates are substantially higher today. So what does this mean specifically for the government borrowing that you mentioned and that forecast gilt issuance within the UK market? Yeah. Well, the immediate impact in terms, there are multiple legs to how this impacts on, on on the cost for the government. Firstly, just in terms of the issuance, if they're issuing new gilts with much higher coupons, which they are, you've seen the gilts that have been issued in in recent months have got sort of four, four and a half, setting towards 5% coupons on them compared to much, much lower coupons from, from gilts that were issued two or three years ago. So obviously they're, they're locking in that levelling of finance for the full term of the gilt. So just the rate of interest that the government is now having to pay is, is much higher, which carries a cost in, in of itself. And if you're having to spend more just funding your existing debt, you've got much less scope for other fiscal programmes elsewhere. So that, that's the first sort of leg of this. That's not specific to the UK. That applies to the US, to European governments as well. They're all faced with with higher borrowing costs on, on, on the new issuance. An issue that's perhaps a bit more acute in the UK is the UK has a very high proportion of index-linked debt as a way of funding itself, you know, getting on for 25%, uh, which is much, much higher than in other markets. And um, the problem with that for the UK government is that because it's linked to inflation, you can't inflate it away. So as inflation goes up, so does the cost of servicing that debt in line with inflation. And so a fair bit of the ramp up in the UK government's debt servicing costs is related to the fact that they're just paying inflation-linked cash flows to, to, to investors. Uh, and there's no getting away from that now. Those bonds are being issued. I mean, it is Treasury policy to issue a smaller percentage going forward in index-linked gilts. And to be fair, they have been doing that for, for a number of years. It's just that the outstanding stock that was built up over multiple decades is, is still the minority of it is in index-linked, but quite a lot more than in other countries is in index-linked. And that's a bit of an issue for the UK. Interesting. And um, I think in terms of the biggest impacts that we see as a result of these rising yields, specifically towards UK pension schemes, where their funding positions have improved substantially since the, the UK LDI crisis. Uh, and many schemes are now looking for a path to buyout. Uh, but this can take time. So as schemes de-risk, can active management be used to generate alpha for their government bond allocations during this transition? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you you, you can see that um, you know, we have been successfully implementing active uh, management strategies in, in government securities for over 15 years now, you know, with almost a percent of alpha per annum generated. And I think it's worth bearing in mind that a lot of that was during periods when there wasn't much of an interest rate cycle. You, know, you had interest rates only just above zero for a prolonged period of time. Not that much volatility in the in the bond markets, whereas what we've seen, obviously, in the last couple of years is a move to a very definitely a, a pretty violent interest rate cycle and quite a lot of volatility in, in bond markets. And that has presented some opportunities for active management. And I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that, broadly speaking, the more volatile the market is, the more opportunities there are for active management to add some value to portfolio. So very, very definitely, I think we've put behind us the environment of very stable bond markets. We're in an environment where investors probably need some active management to, to really get the best out of their portfolios. And before we go, how is the UK faring compared to its global counterparts, in your view? I mean, a lot of the issues that the UK is grappling with are universal. Yeah, they had the violent overshoot in inflation, the need to, to swing from very low stable interest rates to really quite sharply rising interest rates is, is, is yeah, across the board, across all countries. I think you could probably make the case that, well, Undoubtedly, the US has had less of a spike in inflation and it has turned the corner sooner and come closer 
to the sort of two-ish percent target that central banks are, are are hoping to achieve. So the US definitely has been ahead of the UK in, in terms of getting inflation back under control. You could possibly make the case that this Federal Reserve started to move rates aggressively higher sooner than the Bank of England, and therefore has got their inflation under control sooner as well. To be fair to the Bank of England, you could probably argue their job was harder in that UK inflation was just stickier. And also the the spike in inflation was far sharper in the UK because what the US has is energy independence. The UK is not so fortunate in that respect. So the, the huge spikes in natural gas prices, for example, last year, which exacerbated inflation around the world, were particularly acute in Europe, less so in, in the US. So the UK in many ways has had the same problems as everyone else, but perhaps a little bit more acutely. Some of that you could maybe suggest was due to the response of the central bank. But a lot of it, to be fair to the central bank, is just the nature of the UK economy and how it's structured. Um, so I think it's, you know, they're, they're, they're universalist type problems, but the level of how difficult they've been to solve has been different in different countries. That's very interesting. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for in today's episode of the Investment Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Miles, thank you for expertly dissecting the guilt crisis with us today. Thanks, Harry. Enjoyed speaking with you. And thank you to you too, our audience, as always, for tuning in. We look forward to you joining us next time. Goodbye for now. For further information, please view the notes which accompany this episode. This podcast is for investment professionals only. The value of investments will fluctuate which will cause prices to fall as well as rise, and investors may not get back the original amount they invested. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. The information and views expressed should not be taken as a recommendation, advice, or forecast.